Tim Joyce. It's Here another we Wednesday. <laughs> we did it. I like what you've done with the house. Right? Like, got, uh, hold on, a little couch here, a little thing there. It's our virtual home for your health and wellness coaching needs. You've officially moved into a cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe life could be better in a cartoon. I don't know. But anyway, um, how, how you doing? Your, your crazy travel plans are kicking off? Kicking off. I'm hopping on a plane to uh, New York on Sunday night. New York. I'm oh, sorry, Boston, New York. Going to yeah. New Orleans. Back to Boston. Okay. So crazy. Cover a bit of debates, you know, see what I can, see what I can pick we, up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, well, so I guess we'll see each other there, right? So for, I'm going to take this background off because um, see, see the real deal, the, the real cartoon life. Um, yeah, so Health Excel DTX event on the 15th, uh, yes. the, the gathering. Um, yep. so I'm looking forward to that. So I'll see you there. And then, um, I decided to stick around, uh, to see what the hoopla is all about at the uh, health HLTH. So yep. seems like How's quite a few people. A lot of people going. I, I mean, seems that way. I, you know, there's a bunch of people tweeting about it. Okay. That they're showing up. Uh, I, you know, We're going to do some kind of, we'll do some kind of satellite reception, you know, health beacon. We'll do something. I've asked Laura to do something associated. With I, that. I was so just we'll, catching up with Laura today and she was saying okay. you guys are even, I think going to be, have a booth there with matter uh, or something. So oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I knew that. Check. <laughs> I love um, that. Speaking of the, the matter, we actually haven't plugged them before. They've been a phenomenal uh, group for us. Yeah, I think we tried when I was still at Bayer. Um, you know, I know we had a number of uh, partners, but I, I hear, you know, they're, they're doing they're doing great stuff in Chicago area and beyond, right? Yeah, they really hustle for you. You know, they get you into uh, booths and chase down clients for you and implementations. And, you know, um, we've really enjoyed good group so anyways we're with we're with them in their booth at health yeah 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 um uh speaking of kind of accelerators investors uh today i just saw uh, through the email i don't really keep track of it that much anymore but startup health uh, q3 report is out so lots of interesting okay. findings there i'm sure we'll talk with our uh, with our guest who's coming on but the highlight okay. uh you know unity steve and and the team there um 9.7 billion, 9.7 billion. It's, you know, for a total so far in 2021, uh, over 30 bill. So that's, I think last year, at least according to their numbers, total digital health investment was 16, a little over 16. So we're now, wow. you know, through Q3 at 30 point something billion. So, wow. um, I know, um, you know, I, I would question, right, like when things like Bright Health go in public, the largest digital health IPO, I'm sorry, like, I know they were considered a digital health company, but ultimately, it's an insurance company. And right. what is not digital today? So I'm still a little vague on what's digital health investment versus like, you know, health tech versus it's just, you're one of those, and, you know, you're, you're one of those OG snobs. <laughs> All right, call me what you want, but I'm I'm just being. Um, well, the, the good the good thing is I think, and I said this I think two three years back at JP Morgan. I'm like, uh, or two years I think. You know the 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 suits and nothing wrong with suits. I actually love mine. I wore it the other day, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, 
But the suit, the suits are swimming around digital health, which means it's real. It's making an right. impact. There's an outcome. There's you know things that are impactful. Yeah. So, but um, I don't know. Um, unless awesome. you want to add anything else, let's invite yeah. Doctor B. Um, and I, I actually left him a you know asynchronous voice message to say just want to don't want to butcher your name. Um, and right. so it's Beirut Ba. Bod, right? Beirut. Beirut. This is surreal, guys. Dr. B. Dr. <laughs> B. Dr. B uses the same barber almost as me. Almost. I know, I know. Still got, you know. Hey, Dr. You know, B. <laughs> hey, Jim, good to meet you. Good to you meet guys, you. Good you guys you. never met, huh? I'm going go to go to um, cartoon world. Although I, I was just flipping through your, you know, I, I, my, in my meticulous unproduction <laughs> preparation for the, uh, for the podcast. I was, I love your topics on your podcast. like the podcast. Do you see his topics? Oh yeah. I, I, I especially love the health coaching part podcast. One. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember that episode, honestly. I know not memorable at all, but um Hey, uh, for, you know, now that you two met, um, for the other millions of listeners and viewers, as I always say every week, um, please, Beruz, Beruz, Dr. B, I'm good. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, You know, the one thing I will just follow on, I love in your kind of title description, you know, preventative health medicine doctor. But let's go, and I want to break that down and what it means, but let's go all the way back. Not to like your childhood childhood, but who are you? you? I mean, yeah, we got time actually, so. Super, where do I begin? No, honestly, thanks. Honest, This is surreal. As I said, I've been watching you guys from the beginning and when you came on to uh, the podcast, you know, I was like, I need to have a shot with this guy, Eugene. So <laughs> I'm glad I'm finally here with the both of you and I really appreciate it. And to answer your question and to the audience, you know, I, I, I'm a public health doctor. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, so I, my main goal is improving the health of populations. I'm having a tough time improving my own health along the side, but improving the health of the population. And in all honesty, what I see is what, what is that? Well, you said you wanted to take a shot with me. So, and I forgot oh, that come I, on, I didn't, man. I didn't I bring, bring anything. So I ran over to my Wait. bar, which... It looked like and it I came out background. of a cartoon and came back into a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally loving like your ran into a cartoon. I thought you were going to disappear beneath the couch. kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to see me getting up because I'm the typical newsreader approach with a shirt on and who knows what else down there. But um, no, so just to cut a long story short, honestly, you know, it's population health, public health. It's a preventive medicine approach, but it goes beyond just prevention in the way most people perceive it and happy to elaborate but what I feel is like most people are missing this voice in the world of innovation and intra or entrepreneurship so who am I um B I'm just a regular guy who cares uh and you know I can't stop asking questions and it bugs me it gets to the point where it affects your own health when you keep seeing things and you want to do something about it but you just can't do everything so you've got to share your thoughts uh, with people out there who can and so just sharing that voice and that vision and hoping someone picks up on it but um, bottom line briefly 
grew up here in the UK. Uh, as you can see from the background, this is a nice fake image of uh, where I wish I was right now. Um, and trained to be a medic and then a public health doctor. Um, and I'm still a practicing public health doctor, but along the side, you know, doing everything I can to work with anyone who's on a mission to improve health and well-being. And entrepreneurs just seem to be one of them too. And who knew, like being a public, like it's the it's the most famous, it's it's the most important job in the last like uh, eighteen months, or it's become incredibly uh, a focal point of everyone. Like pu public health doctors, you guys are the rock stars now. Questionable, <laughs> yeah, but absolutely, I agree. No well, one knows what public health. Did like Brad Pitt play Doctor Fauci or something in some guy? <laughs> But, you know, uh, maybe elaborate, because you kind of sure. said it, like, nobody really knows what public health really means. Like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, as a as a public health doctor, maybe educate us two and, and our listeners. Like, what does that actually mean, right? Being a public That's health a doctor. question. You know, every time I... Let me back up. About 20-odd years ago, 25 years ago, I was in medical school. I was taking a, a class on public health. And it was the most boring class ever. I was falling asleep. Everyone's talking about statistics and research methods. I'm like, this is not for me, honestly. And forget what I ended up doing. But regardless, uh, the, in a nutshell, if you think about what public health is, if it's successful, you won't know we're there. That's the success of public health. When it goes wrong, you'll hear about us. But um, in a nutshell, there's, there's like maybe three or four pillars. The first one is what you do, uh, Eugene, for example, with, you know, your coach. So it's how can we prevent people from getting sick in the first place through health promotion, lifestyle improvement, that kind of stuff. And coaching is a great modality to help that. The other one is along the lines of what you do, Jim, with Beacon. So it's how do we improve the healthcare system and healthcare in general to be functioning better uh, at all levels, from the patient, the caregivers, through to the not only the providers of health care, uh, doctors, nurses, and so on, but also the administrators. How do we manage healthcare systems to be more efficient? And I would say the third one, there's more, but the third key one is what you've been seeing in the press all along uh, for the last 20 months, which is um, protecting us, supposedly, from infectious diseases and environmental hazards. But that's a challenge. Right. Right. In which area did what? So, so when you were pra practicing, which area did you gravitate towards? What I'm still practicing. Actually, that's a you know what I what I got into public health for was really starting off as um, the chronic disease prevention and promotion. Okay. But I'm I'm one of those guys that the more I learn, the more I'm interested in, and so I've become more of a generalist and more so over the last 10 years is more in the, how do we use data and insights? So epidemiology is the term, as you know, but how do we use data and insights to answer the questions that need asking? Okay, and what's, what's the big question we need asking or answering? <laughs> I, I got a lot of them, but they're highly personal. <laughs> Your background changed, Eugene. I'm getting confused here. What's going on? I, I can I can I can go deeper into other backgrounds as well, but uh, <laughs> no, this this is the real one. This is the this is the real nice. cartoon life. Um, nice. But um, I'd love to I'd love to yeah, go on, Eugene. After you go. No, no, no. I go for it. I was just gonna take a shot. I, so <laughs> enjoy. Cheers, Cheers man.
I really want to get this out there. I mean, Jim, you asked this question, what is the burning question? And I just want to share something I posted on LinkedIn literally a few minutes ago. It's bugging me. Uh, it really is bugging me. You know, you know the term value-based care, right? I mean, that we could get into a debate about that. But regardless, what I hate seeing, and I'm a pure fan of innovation, entrepreneurship, and more so entrepreneurship. I'm a huge fan of the mindset, not just for the sake of creating ventures and making a profit, which is absolutely great. I'm involved in that and supporting entrepreneurs too. But really the question that is missing, and correct me if I'm wrong, but all these industry reports and annual reports about how business and investments going is like, oh, we got a year on year improve or increase in uh, uh, you know, investment in startups in the health sector. Great. I'm over the moon. I want some of that too. But are they seeing the outcomes that we're looking for? You know, is that that's the key metric we should be looking for is dollar for dollar, pound for pound, euro for euro. What impact are you making on the on the outcomes that matter? You know what? That's hmm. such a perfect, you know, like landing into this discussion, because just earlier, um, we're, Jim and I were catching up with a few minutes when before we let you in, we're talking about the startup health report, Q3. You know, this is the largest year ever. Um, and, you know, from an impact perspective for the listeners, um, you know, have fun listening. Um, I was going to share. Let's see. No. Um, anyway, 30 plus billion right this year so far. Um, and I'm actually going to go back. It was Berlin. I think uh, at that dinner was uh, Marty. I think it was after Frontiers Health, which is also coming up in November. Looking forward to that one. Uh, Marty. Kristen Milburn, um, you know, a few others. And there was somebody at the table said, oh, how is this startup doing? Oh, great. Right. They raised so-and-so, right? And how is this startup doing? Oh, great. They raised so-and-so. And we got into this whole discussion that is the amount of money raised equal to the output and the outcome and the impact, right? And mm -hmm. I think to still day, to this day, day, uh, you know, I wish there was a certain level of transparency into this um, on, in the outcomes, because what does that 30 billion mean? Fantastic. It, it does, to me, that is a proxy to the success of those companies and the outcomes, but sorry, I, I went off on a... It feels like they've, they've convinced, you know, probably fairly smart people to back their plans to build some kind of healthcare proposition, right? Like, so they've said, hey, I'm gonna take that 30 million or whatever that number is, and I'm gonna scale what I have or build something new or test a theory, right? And that, isn't that what it is? So they've kind of convinced someone to back a plan. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, let's, let's uh, I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't know uh -huh. all of them, right? Um, but uh, I was just checking out Commure. It's fire-based services, but like, I, I think I saw, you know, honorary mention of Matthew Holt uh, on every one of these. <laughs> but I saw his tweet. It's like, I wish so-and-so would explain what Commuter actually does and why it's worth three and a half billion, right? Um, and I actually reached out to a couple of techie, you know, health tech people and they'd never even heard of Commuter. That doesn't mean anything necessarily, but um, right. I mean, re research, this is drug discovery. I just kind of hop on. I think we all know City Block Health and, and the impact they're making actually, right? At a sort of more, more, more primary care. Olive, gosh, love those guys. And Mike Baselli, uh, I don't know how a CEO launches two businesses at the same time and raises money. 
<laughs> I, I, you know, we, we, we're with Marina here. We're having a hard time keeping up with one. So that's kudos <laughs> to him. And, and again, I don't want to go through all of them, right? I just kind of brought this up uh, on the screen just yeah, to make a point. It's astronomical, right? But do you feel like, I mean, you know, should I call you Dr. B or Bruce? What's the best? is fine, honestly. <laughs> that could be. So, um, but do, don't you feel like we're in the stage right now, like on that question of like value, you know, like are they providing value and what's the obligation? And I think a lot gets, I don't know, like it's, you know, like it's thrown at the, you know, like it's a great time to be an entrepreneur, right? Like it's so much better than it was 10 years ago. And in digital healthcare, we'd watch these companies, they couldn't get any attention you know, 10 years ago, or certainly they couldn't get $500 million worth of attention, you know, <laughs> 10 years ago. But isn't it like, are we building infrastructure right now? I feel like that's what we're doing. Like in a lot of cases, we're building like basic blocking and tackling infrastructure. And it, it, that's kind of tricky to grab outcomes from, right? Like if you're putting in, like, like, like Eugene with your business, it's like you taken all this time to get this great, um, group of coaches and send them, scan them and integrate them with them. And, and so if you were judged on just getting these coaches and getting that infrastructure in place, you know, versus ultimately they'll have an impact, right? I agreed. And we keep saying, you know, today we're, we're not a non-clinical service because it's very difficult right now to measure, but, you know, uh, absolutely. I, I agree with you. So I'm not I'm on one side, I'm, I'm challenging ourselves, right? Also right. on, you know, how do we justify, you know, everything from valuations to, uh, you know, to the to money raised to the impact of hiring X number of employees to make an impact for what? And but measuring that is very difficult. Right. Public, public health. What do we do? Public health. <laughs> what do we do? Entre what do well, we, do? We, we never even got to the fact that you are the entrepreneur's doctor. So not just a preventative health medicine doctor. Yeah, I would, I'm, looking doctor. For a cold, I'm looking for cognitive therapy here. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise. Uh, no. Digitized or, or real? <laughs> whatever you got. <laughs> whatever you, whatever, whatever's on tap. <laughs> oh, man. No, look, you, you raised a good point, Jim. And it's, it's not fair to... Um, you know, talk about early stage startups, especially, and, and expecting them to have outcomes. But let me back up a second and give you an analogy. Like in the research, academic research world, you know, those who fund research studies, they've got to be, in, you know, informed and educated about where the needs are. So that's one aspect. So investors in a similar way um, the switched on ones, and there's a lot of them and growing number of them are switched on about where the real unmet need is and, and, and that, and we can elaborate on what those might be, but, but that's one side. The other side is like you, Eugene, with your coach, you know, you're, you're not, innovation is great in the way you're delivering it, but the concept is proven. It works. Coaching works. So you think, you know, that from the get go, you're creating something that has been shown to add value elsewhere. Now you're just delivering it in a scalable, uh, better way. I would say, you know, it's all about two or three things. The first one is obviously understanding where the unmet need is. And I'd love to elaborate on that in a moment. But the other side is demonstrating your value from the POC onwards, really. It's like, you know, does this actually solve a problem that matters? And of course, the I had this conversation with Barry Schreier, you know, uh, founder yeah. of Giant Health. And I asked him this question. It's like, it's not our obligation as entrepreneurs to, uh, to necessarily achieve those outcomes that you're talking about as a public health doctor. It's about making money. I get that. 
I really get that. But that's the way healthcare has been built up over the years on activities and we're nowhere near where we should be. So do we want to be creating um, solutions that generate a ton of income, but don't really get anywhere? How sustainable are those going to be and how likely are they going to be to be adopted? Okay. You know, and, and, I'm, and I'm not a doctor, uh, even though my family thinks I am and, you know, they come to me for advice and I keep reminding them I'm not. Um, but I, I, you know, I think on the other side, kind of value, you know, fee for service has been working to your point. It's there, um, hasn't been working. But, you know, the, the moment that, that a consumer slash patient leaves the, the door, right, the doctor's office, virtual or physical, I think now we keep talking about behavioral change, right? And who is driving that? And back to, you know, you started off the discussion, um, Dr. B, uh, with the fact that you help others, right, uh, in public health, but you're still trying to help yourself, right? And, you know, one would argue you need to help yourself first, right? Um, kind of put that mask on. My point is, like, I, I, I do think that we put, yes, value-based makes sense, but ultimately those individuals are responsible for their health and how do we, each of us, change the behavior. I know what not to do, but I still do it, right? Like, I don't know, is this okay? Yeah, I mean, a little bit in moderation. If I finish the whole bottle, it's probably not good, but... Um... It looks pretty empty to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That was that was season the season. By the way, this is a kickoff of season nine. Oh yeah! So, hey, welcome this, to season. This, yeah, <laughs> you're you're the opening act. Opening act. <laughs> we, had pre- we prepared a lot of balloons and <laughs> kind of <Yeah>. announcements. <laughs> but you raised a good point, Eugene. You know, we talk about um, fit. You know, when we're, we're launching a startup, one of the um, reasons for failure is poor product market fit or pro- poor problem solution fit, right? But there's this third aspect, which I often mi- fail to hear, which is uh, something you raised when you came onto my podcast, which is the venture entrepreneur fit. You know, uh, is the business model, is the venture, the mission aligned with you? Uh, is it yep. going to be conducive to what you're looking for in your life, whatever that may be, because that is a key marker of sustainability. Yeah, it's interesting. We're in a, you know, it, like gets fed back to like me a lot is where you know like every company we're always in fundraising mode but um going through was like how critical at the stage i'm in where you know we've you know we're kind of we're through the first like we're in kind of a scaling phase as a company so like the you know the proof of concept you know decent client base and now we want to scale it and people are so interested in in my back you know like either my background or the key leadership team's background and why are they scaling it and I, you know, and I, I didn't feel that like, again, in the past, when I raised capital, it would have been credentials, it would have been analogs of a, what you did before, but probably at this phase, they might've leaned a little bit more into almost like the professional CEO, like someone out of central casting, you know, that is going to come in and, in, you know, somber and, you know, kind of, but now they're, I feel like they're really leaning into that whole idea of that venture fit, you know, like what you were talking about, this idea that like, you want someone that's going to like fight through this thing, no matter what happens, because there's only one way this thing's getting built. <laughs> this thing's getting, like, this thing's getting built by this person, no matter what. Um, yeah. And I think different entrepreneurs are good at different parts of, and the timing of the company, right. Um, as well. And the, hmm. I, I think that there's not that many that I'm aware of that, like, you know, go from the, you know, garage startup to, you know, a public company, let's say. Right. 
you know, all in one shot. I mean, yeah, yeah, they should. They're, 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 <laughs> they I, should. I mean, listen again, right? Um, if if a back to you know, as a entrepreneur, does that fit right. your your vision for it? I mean, sure, uh, going public, it could fit in that vision, but it's some for some people it doesn't, right? So. Right. But, you know, I think in, we'll let you talk, talk to me, we'll talk to you, but is, a, is the, um, this idea that people are undynamic, you know, when they think about this, I feel like, like when you look at that entrepreneur or you look at that founder or that founder team, you know, that the same entrepreneur that came up with a vision couldn't be the entrepreneur that scales a product, you know, or, or their interests are undynamic, right? I know like my, my interests really evolve in terms of what I would like to do, you know, now versus what I, you know, what things give me energy today. versus five minutes later. <laughs> easy, easy, easy. I don't know what your thoughts are, but so you, when you say you're the entrepreneur's doctor, like, you know, give us, give us like uh, like break that down. I know I've, I was listening to some of the podcasts. Thanks for, for, you know, this is a tough question to answer. I can tell you in a nutshell what it is, but I've been, I'm a year old, literally one year old as the entrepreneur's doctor. And I want to kind of backtrack on why I created this and how it's changed, if I may, just briefly. Um, so I'm a public health doctor, as you know, and I work with so many, and I'm still working, you know, three days of the week as a public health doctor. And I work with all sorts of professionals to get the job done whether they be, you know, clinicians, health professionals, but also educators, teachers, journalists, politicians, you know, and so on. And so really it's, it's all across the board in any sector, any kind of professional can do something to improve health. And I, over the years, I've been seeing both friends of mine, but also others that I've been mentoring uh, in the space of health. And I've been helping them navigate the system. So as a public health doctor, one of the things we're trained to do is exactly the same as what entrepreneurs do, which is identify a need, identify a problem, and create a solution that improves health through services and, and so on, products and services. So it's our bread and butter. And I thought, okay, I'm seeing a gap in health entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship uh, on those topics that we, we talked about. So why not bring this public health perspective, which I don't talk about a lot, because as soon as you mention it, they're like, what's that? So I bring it in, in terms of, you know, I tell them what they want, but give them what they need and essentially guide entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs to be clear on what is the problem they're trying to solve and then create solutions around them. And they could be anything from health tech to e-commerce to uh, education to, to re really anything. It doesn't have to just be AI or technology. But along the way, I've been seeing, especially over the last couple of years, entrepreneurs, just like health professionals, it's been a tough time. Um, you know, we, we I, I class myself as an entrepreneur too, we, we suffer from physical health, mental health, all sorts of issues, and there's no safety net. It can be a really lonely, stressful journey. So I've been thinking, do I do something to help all entrepreneurs with their health, or do I go straight in and just focus on guiding those who want to uh, do mm -hmm. something about health? So the summary that I got to the conclusion that I got to uh, Jim is most of the entrepreneurs that I work with are actually not clinicians. They're people from all sorts of non-health backgrounds. Typically they've been through some form of experience of their own, like I have diabetes, cancer, and so on. And at any other point in their life or any other time in, in the world, they would have probably gone and retrained and become a health professional. But fortunately they don't do that. And they think, no, we'll use our, drive and our mission and our you know entrepreneurial mindset 
to actually create solutions through intro and entrepreneurship. So I feel like I'm guiding them along that way and alongside that, sharing these ideas about how to look after yourself too on that journey. Love it. That's great. We had a term for these for these people, like we call it, like that's what uh, Eugene and I call ourselves. We're, we're health artists, you know, we're health yep. artists, we're not trained we, clinicians. I think we got that from Gautam, right? Gautam Gulati. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, think I, so. saying, I, think, I like that. I, I thought we came up with it on the fly. Do we take credit for it? I think because I remember like being inspired by that. So usually I'm only inspired by my own ideas. <laughs> I, you know what? We'll give it to you. But but I but I but but I think I'm, I'm gonna. But I'm, I'm, well, let's share it with Gautam. I'm actually catching up with him. Oh, he weekend, definitely, so. he, he's definitely a health artist. I know it was, he was okay. talking about, it was definitely, but anyway, we had a fascinating conversation, but this idea like of, of being a, you know, and I, I actually have used it before now. I've used it since then, like a life artist, a health artist where you're designing, you're designing the healthcare system that you would wanted for your own circumstances or for someone that you loved or for, you know, a real problem that you're passionate about, right? You're designing for it or maybe a designer, an artist, you're a creative. Love it. So, okay, so yeah, I, switching gears, right? Like we have this like health artists and helping these people. I love that, that looking after the entrepreneurs helps because it is very lonely and we need people looking after ourselves and then thinking about, I guess, defining what you're doing and, and rethinking that, that sounds great. When So another topic that I saw you cover and I, and I had this in the podcast, yes, is like almost the opposite end of the spectrum, these giant, giant, giant companies, Google, Amazon, Facebook, do they have a space in health, this health tech transformation? Oh man, don't get me started. That was, I think last week I put that out. And, um, and you know, it, it, I look at my metrics just for the sake of getting some instant feedback on what people are thinking. And that was divisive, honestly, like, you know, I, I can easily, I can imagine who hates that message that I shared and who likes it. Right. Um, and what was so the message? What was, the yeah, message? what was the message? I've been hearing, you know, I, I read a lot. I listen a lot to what people are saying in, in our space. And, and, and I often hear, and I, fight me back honestly I'd love to to debate this but I hear a lot of people especially in healthcare which I'm in not wanting these external players to get in for obvious reasons and fine but here's my take on it they don't want them in because they feel like you know they have alternative interests it's commercial they're not in it really to improve health they're in it for the money this is what I'm hearing right and then there's the other side within the world of entrepreneurship, and I'm I'm in both side both sides of the R, where we're like you know we're the smaller uh, change makers, we're the startups, the early stage ones, especially where we want in on the action and not want one of these big players, which has lost their startup culture, getting in on the action. And many of these complex problems we have today, they are going to need the startup culture, not the scale up mentality. Um, so my take on it, and the key message was. Let's stop bashing them. All, there's enough problems out there and one solution's not going to hit home. We need everyone fighting for this, whether it's healthcare professionals, researchers, educators, all sectors, including startups and scale-ups. And the, the, the last thing I'll say on that is, you know, if, if you go back to the day of, you know, my favorite pastime, which is flying. So if you go back to the Wright brothers and keep throwing stones at them because they're trying to fly, then we'd never be where we are today and seeing... Captain Kirk go off to space next week. So, you know, come on, guys. Yeah. Give him a chance. 
if you think about these big companies, like like in, come back to this infrastructure idea, sure. you know, is you know Apple, you know, has is delivered into the palm of our hands a sensor or activity sensor. You know, I check it before I go to sleep at night. I pick it up when I wake up in the morning. Um, all this valuable data, a way to transmit information. Google gives me my library of researching my own conditions. You know, Amazon drops something off at the door, you know, to my house. And who am I missing here? Of the ones you mentioned, we have Amazon, Apple, fa- uh, Facebook. You know, yeah. Facebook. I create connectivity, I guess, through family members and you know. Except the other, except the other day when we lost connectivity for eight that hours. I think it was. That was crazy. That was I didn't that know. Was, I didn't know how to contact you, Jim. <laughs> I, only, like, I was i was just waiting for someone to hit a button and delete all my bank accounts and i was just like this is the end this is the end I mean, but so it was just stay like so they got this like vital infrastructure they have like vital vital infrastructure like to the healthcare solution that we're all completely dependent on the idea that they wouldn't merge into it is it's kind of a folly yeah, and, and it's hard. I, I, I agree. And it's hard. You know, I know you wanted to debate, but I think we're all kind of in agreement here. Right. And, and, and I think, you know, part of it is just uh, let's look at the core business models. Right. For big beast to switch out from a, a existing business model. It's the same for, you know, the favorite topic right. that I have pharma. Right. Core business model is still molecules. Right. And uh, for whether it's Facebook or Google, it's still advertising. Right. So let's right. let's face it. But both kind of industries are for-profit businesses, unless you're like Leo Pharma and a foundation set up, right? I, I don't, I don't, I think there's foundation, uh, they're set up, but anyway, for-profit businesses and, you know, that's okay. Everybody, you know, just because you're making money, that doesn't mean that you don't do good for the society. Now you could mm. argue there's been flare-ups, you know, with Facebook and Instagram and studies and, you know, I just, uh, I heard, um, what is it, Sarah Swisher, uh, Pivot podcast, one of my faves recently, yeah. 900 plus marketing professionals working at Facebook, something like that, just to communicate wow. the messaging. I mean, 900 wow. plus people, crazy. So anyway, I, I went off on a rant, but my point here is, uh, I, I think we're all in agreement, give everybody a chance, right? And each, right. each company and each type of company brings something different to the table. I got to come back on this, please. Okay, so, do it. Love it. There's, uh, I agree with you, but here's the thing that you, you touched on, and I want to hit healthcare with two um, angles. The first one is, you know, I, I come from this public health world, which is very, I won't say the word, but it's, it's, it's really <laughs> not, um, it's not your kind of, um, it's not really pro-entrepreneurship. Sure, it's pro-entrepreneurship, but it's not for commercial interests, right? It's, anyway, without getting into politics, the, the issue with not making a profit is so, if you ignore that, it's so wrong, including in the healthcare system, as in here in the UK with the National Health Service. And I'll say why. The, the biggest mistake, I would say, and the biggest, one of the biggest drivers of unsustainable healthcare systems is when you go in and just think about the the health benefits, which is what I opened with, which is value-based care or value-based entrepreneurship. But there's another side to that value, which is cost. And there's got to be some income, whether it's for-profit or not-for-profit, whether it's a social enterprise or, Mm. you know, traditional commercial, you've got to be thinking about the, the, the bottom line too. You can't ignore that. So the idea of 
doing things to improve health without thinking about the money, big mistake. And I've always thought like that until recently. But just briefly, just the other side of healthcare that I want to touch on, Eugene and Jim, it's like, that's where, that's where I, I see the gap, which is all the attention is on healthcare. And even when it comes to, so forgive me when I say this, um, Eugene, even when it comes to coaching, I'm a true believer, we should carry on with that. Don't give up on that. But all the attention is on adults at the point where they're getting sick, right? So what we're forgetting is two things. Number one is, first of all, I said, you don't have to be a clinician to be in health entrepreneurship. So actually those that are not clinical are better entrepreneurs in the health sector. But the other two things that I wanna say is not all the determinants of health are within the healthcare system. So let's yeah. do these, so create these solutions that are not healthcare, but outside health. And we can talk about that. But the other thing that I'll say is when it comes to things like coaching, it's not always at that point in time, we should think life course, we should think early life. Yeah. We should think about um, a, a man and a woman, for example, or any kind of partner, any couple who wants to bring a child into the world Let's optimize their health even before they conceive. All of these things combined add to health throughout your life course. Which, by the way, I'll just make a quick comment. Uh, while we as your coach are not providing those services, we have coaches on the platform that provide family and pediatric health coaching services nice. as well. So there, there are all kinds of subspecialties. Love and if you, if you just kind of build enough of that, if you think about these, these big companies you know, and it's almost like the opposite. People say, should they get in? Do they have a place in healthcare? It's like, if they don't get involved in healthcare, like if you put it the other way, you know, so you have the cost of all this, you know, you know, they're kind of filling our brains with podcasts and video materials that's affecting us. They're, you know, they're creating instruments for delivery of care, you know, for research, you know, for communication. It's almost like if they didn't get involved in healthcare, that would be, if they just stayed as a, as a, you know, advertising for-profit organizations, you know, or just selling, you know, units of, you know, phones that kind of a problem for society and certainly for public health. Yeah, 100% agree. We, we need everyone at the table. And sure, there's people who commission services and who, who decides where the needs are, and then they commission and invest in those that matter, but everyone needs in on the action. Can I, I mean, can listen, I add one thing? Yeah, go on. After you. Sorry, I, I was just going to make a little yeah. bit of a joke, but a, a kind of part sure, of it is seriously. That. I mean, we, we, all, <laughs> we, we, we all, you know, at least I post pictures on Instagram of the food that I eat every dinner I go to. I actually would love for Instagram to tell me your fucking food habits suck, right? Yeah. Like, really? I mean, I mean, I kind of, you know, you kind of know it, but it's, you know, whatever. But like, I would love that analysis from you know, when I check my little dashboard on Instagram and the notifications, I mean, somewhat a joke, but somewhat not, right? Because those those companies, social media, they do have all my info and pictures and whatever. So just the, I don't know. You're such a, a quantified foodie. <laughs> yes, that's it. That's it. Uh, Good I've time. even, you, you guys know I have that, uh, the RFID the chip. chip in here, right? Um, I've I'm actually joking. at one point looked for something that Hey, can I actually like put something in my esophagus as the food? And then as it gets like down, it tells me exactly what I eat. So I don't have to actually take pictures or put it in. I'd love that. Or something yeah, then, that's sitting in my, like, I don't know, even somewhere like in the intestine, just watching what the hell I eat. 
I would love yeah, but that. like then what happens when it uh, like like yesterday with what's happened it goes down for six hours you know you don't feel <laughs> you anything you want anything. I mean I yeah <laughs> honestly that's a little bit of like when I run out of my CGMs I'm like ah it's free for all meanwhile my body's my body anyway <laughs> oh because you've got anyway. the thing on now you've got the yeah, 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 I'm I'm back on it. I pre-ordered from Levels a bunch more before I left for here, and then uh-huh. I I kind of put it back in again, just trying to hack away. So okay. anyway, um, we hit so it. a little bit time check. Yeah, we're we're at, you know forty ish minutes, so maybe um, you know maybe a last question before your famous question, and this will, will this will be tough, Jim, for an entrepreneur's okay. doctor. What was the aha moment? I know you kind of mentioned that public health. Uh, is you know equivalent to entrepreneurship and problem solving, mm-hmm. but like what was that aha moment that you were like, oh, well, I really need to do this entrepreneur's doctor thing and help entrepreneurs? Oh, like, gosh. was there like a big trigger or was this like an evolution as you know? Yeah, so um, this has been building up over over the years, and I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur. So it started about 10 years ago. I was a teaching assistant in Boston. And I know that's where you're from, Jim. And, um, you know, I was teaching assistant and, and I saw one of the students there who created a, a startup out of her doctoral program uh, at Harvard. And, and I was thinking, huh, no one taught us this at school that we could actually create solutions outside of academia and outside of traditional public health, but yet improve public health. And then I started seeing others and others, another friend of mine, uh, Eugene, you interviewed my old school friend, uh, Peter Haynes. Yeah, Peter Haynes, that's help. right. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, there's so many more examples I could go into, like Peak Vision or Propeller Health, all these examples of colleagues or friends that I've seen do things with, with their ideas. And I thought, okay, that's great, but I'm still going to be an entrepreneur. Here's the, the aha moment. I always wanted to create these solutions within the organizations that I worked in, but COVID hits and I'm doing all of these things at the same time and we always have to deal with the number one priority. But the problem in, in regular jobs is that they're, even if they try, like you got the NHS clinical entrepreneur program that just opened up yesterday. Even if they try, unfortunately, there's not enough uh, allocated time to really allow entrepreneurship to flourish. It's always a bit on the side and it ends up burning you out. And as a health professional, that's a tough job regardless. You know, you're always prone to burnout. And I got to the point about right before, a few months before I launched the Entrepreneur's Dog, about five months before I launched it, I hit burnout. I hit a wall and I crashed. And I talk about this on my very first episode. And that's what allowed me to understand the issue of mental health more and burnout more in both health professionals and entrepreneurs. And so I thought, okay, rebuild myself, you know, nourish the mind, nourish the soul. And I got to the point where I thought, I still want my hand in my regular day job. And I still do that Mm -hmm. because that's where I see the problems the best. But I want to allocate time. And that's when I split off my entrepreneurship and became entrepreneurial to allocate that time to do what I do today. Excellent work with awesome entrepreneurs. Cool. I can't be happier, honestly. Go for it. That's awesome. It's God's work. God's work. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so listen, so picture yourself um, living in the UK and you've just completed your medical degree in public health and you've come up with a genius idea that's kind of in chronic disease management. You've come up with this great idea and it, you, you picture yourself as a young entrepreneur and this young entrepreneur goes to the, the 
the doctor's entrepreneur and he goes to them and 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 you're giving advice what advice would you give that young entrepreneur oh, wow. with hair at the time with <laughs> that's a yeah thanks for that question um I would give the same advice that I give to all intro and entrepreneurs that come to me. Um, you know, they come to me wanting tips on product market fit, problem solution fit, the obvious things that they think of. And in addition to that other thing that we just talked about, the venture entrepreneur fit, what I highlight to them is think beyond what traditional MBA and business programs teach you. Think beyond just doing market research for the sake of where the demands are. And take the public health approach. Um, I'm doing this right now in, in the accelerator that I've started, essentially walking people through this tool that we use day in, day out in public health to design health services. It's called a health needs assessment. It's as simple as that. Google it or come to me and I'll teach it to you for free. Um, essentially, it's understanding where your pro what the problem is, but more importantly, how that problem that you feel is, is there ranks in the wider set of problems that your target audience and the commissioners of that are worried about, because that's going to help you with gaining adoption. So if I was advising myself and I'm about to launch something as we speak, I would be really focused on understanding where that fits with everything else. And I love your background. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sneaked in there. I actually, sorry, I, I, I was trying to load it up for the finish. But this is the, blue, the blues clues. I I, my, when my kids were growing up, that's, that's you I know, so that was. I love your answer. So you said, figure, I hadn't, I hadn't really thought of that before. So think about your problem, your healthcare problem that you're solving for in the context of whatever big problems uh, these, uh, these patients or consumers or people are trying to solve and rank it. That's, that's beautiful. It's fantastic. Love it. Love it. On that note, well, listen, Dr. B, this was amazing. Uh, thanks for kicking off season nine. Woohoo. And for all those uh, viewers and listeners, hit the subscribe button, share, comment, um, and we'll see you on episode two in season nine. Excellent. Thanks, Dr. B. Love you guys. Keep going. Cheers. <laughs>